Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back here on Sports Talk Saints and Buccaneers, Monday Night Football in Tampa, Raymond James Stadium. Along with Mike Dettelier, I'm Christian Garrick. T.J. Reeves, Buccaneers Radio Network sideline reporter, joining us now. And, T.J., it's been the story of the NFC South. Take a step forward, take a couple back. Take two steps forward, take a couple back. Yes, sir. There's no doubt about that. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like the beginning of this interview. Yeah. I thought it was going to go so well, and then it hasn't. And then, and then it might get a little better, and then maybe uh, hopefully it stays better in this case. But uh i will say uh it has not been dull and somebody eventually has to win this division and uh, by the way i've done so many of these conversations i'm not saying this with you guys where everybody's poking fun at the nfc south and uh you know everybody's got a losing record this is not new even in this division remember the panthers in 2014 yes. won this division with a 7-8 and 1 record and guys i looked it up they were 3-8 and 1 Three eight and one, and had to win the last four games to get to seven eight and one. And so we've seen comedy in this division. We've seen comedy even two years ago in the NFC East, where nobody could get above five hundred. And Washington won with a seven and nine record. So it's not like this is totally unheard of. And somebody will eventually win the division here when this is all said and done. TJ, someone eventually is going to carve out a niche late and, and, and get to. It might be eight nine. You know, you might be having eight nine record to get there, but <laughs> someone is going to carve that out. Has the disappointment been in Tampa more on the offensive side? Because defensively, front seven, they've been a really good team, but then you start to see cracks there too. Now, listen, Nick Chubb is who he is, and the, the Browns' offensive line is pretty damn good. They were able to run the football on, on Tampa's uh, front seven, but man, in watching Tom, uh, you can see at times, you know, him missing receivers. I don't know if the timing is off for the time. It might be a little bit of combination of everything uh, at, at this stage of his career. But not having a running game, man. At any time you kind of play in one handed, it, it really hurts your football team. 
Yeah, it's uh, you just summed up a lot there on struggles on offense, and at times the defense has let you down. Although I don't put that on the defense last week. I mean, Nick no, Chubb had like no. 55 yards rushing with about eight minutes left in the game, and you kept putting the defense back out on the field, and he got free for a couple of big carries uh, and some yards late in the game and in overtime because they had the ball twice. Uh, and ultimately won the game. But I, I put that one last week more on the offense, not putting it away. You're up 17-10, and after taking the lead 17-10, here we go. This will be simple math. Three and out, five plays and a punt, three and out, three and out. I'll do the math for you. That's 14 plays run, one first down, and no points. And you kept saying, uh, defense, go hold it for us. Defense, go hold it for us. And ultimately it didn't happen. Uh, on the final drive, low explosive the last two years with a better offensive line, with Gronkowski as a security blanket, uh, with Tom Brady being 43 years old two years ago, 44 years old last year, the, the, the offense was a 30-point-per-game offense. Now you're struggling just to get to 20 points a game, week in and week out. Uh, and that's that's been a real frustration. And how much of that is forty five year old Tom Brady as well? Yeah, uh, Father Tom does catch up with all of us, and yes, we'll sir. see what he has left down the stretch. Offensive line played. I was going to bring that up with you because, well, right off the bat, we saw it uh, when you lose people early retirement. A couple people left free agency, and then you get the major injury to Ryan uh, in training camp. Uh, first of all, what is the progress of Ryan Jensen to possibly come back? sometime this season. But that, you know, when you have a quarterback, and come on, Brady, he's not Michael Vick. You know, he's not Kyler Murray. He ain't running around. You sort of know where he's going to be. I I think, again, that was a a key. When you lost that middle of that offensive line, either through retirement, free agency, and then the injury to to Jensen, it was really, Ryan, Ryan was terrific center. Well, you're correct, and he's a big physical center. And the best that we can gather, I mean, now that we've gotten through Thanksgiving, we're into the first week in December, there's no sign that he's going to play. So I think you have to assume at this point, in absence of an update, that he is being given a window here to try to return, come back to practice. Okay. But you've got to assume they're going to go with the second-year player, Robert Hainsey, at center. Uh, again, uh, they've, they've kind of had a dual left guard. They started the year with a second-round pick rookie in Luke Gedeke. Gedeke has not been playing recently. He's had a foot injury, and they've gotten actually better guard play out of an undrafted guy named Nick Leverett. So those those guys, I mean, Ali Marpet was the left guard last year, guys, and he yeah. was in the Pro Bowl. Jensen was in the Pro Bowl. So you've replaced that with a second-year unproven center and a guy that's a free agent, an undrafted free agent at left guard. So it's not the same on the interior line. And so what does that translate for number 12? That means he has less confidence on a five- or seven-step drop with them being able to hold up in front of him, directly in front of him with the middle three line positions. So that's been a bit of a concern. Bucks throw a lot of short passes. You guys saw that uh, in the second game of the year right off the bat, but it's continued all season long. They throw a lot of short you know, passes to the backs, receiver screens, two- and three-yard passes to receivers and tight ends. So I suspect we'll see more of that on Monday uh, as one of the question marks. And, uh, and really, this is, uh, this is going to be a real test of what does this team have uh, figuratively inside of them? What kind of heart, what kind of guts do they have? Because they're being called out right now. They're being called into question that this is all about to fall apart at 5-6 and six 
that they're going to lose games and lose out on winning a winnable division. So let's see if the Buccaneers are ready to respond at home Monday. TJ, it's just like here. Man, we spalled rotten. Okay, you spawned rotten with to, to Christian that man. I can remember years, uh, and this was before uh, Sean Payton, Mickey, Drew Brees, sort of right. that, that threesome sort of built this football team. And man, and we had that run from '06 all the way up until last year, and. Now, new regime, and, and you guys got it too now. Uh, and <laughs> Bruce Arians, he was here, so I got to know Bruce. He was a real character in this world um, in, a, in a lot of different ways. Um, and then now, new head coach uh, on the defensive side of football, very similar uh, to what uh, happened here with when Sean walked away and uh, Dennis Allen takes over as head coach. The response back um, – because I think it takes sometimes uh, a, a little kind of – no matter what, you're not the man. Then all of a sudden you become the guy uh, as the head coach. The response you you kind of feel from the players on Todd Bowles as the head coach – and you talk about a 180. It's as big a 180 as you can get from Bruce Arians to Todd Bowles personality-wise. Well, and so you understand he's a defensive guy, and that's right. one of the things you're alluding to. Arians was an offensive, aggressive, you know, go for it on fourth down guy. I mean, I'll just give you the example. A lot of people are pointing to a specific play last week to sum it up where the Bucks have fourth and two late in the fourth quarter, probably about seven minutes left with a chance to get more points if they can get the first down they're more than likely going to get a field goal, if not a touchdown, that puts the game away. Fourth and two at the Cleveland 37, and a defensive-minded coach says, punt and play defense. We're up seven. (laughs) Bruce Arian says, no risk it, no biscuit. I got Tom Brady. Go for the fourth down and put the game away. So you're right. There is a difference there. That's not to say that you can't be successful with the other mentality, but for right now, the results have been the offense, as I said to you, is about a 20-point-per-game offense right now. And the defense is not so lights out like what you guys remember the Sapp and Brooks and John Lynch Buccaneers would say, give us 14 points. Heck, 20 points is heaven. Give us 14 points and we'll win every game. This is not that defense. It's not the same NFL, by the way, 20 years later. But but by the same token, you know, Todd Bowles has got to adjust a little bit too and and has some as this season has gone on and has now probably got to adjust even more in these final six games, but maybe you've got to be a little more aggressive in those situations because it cost them last week. Not being able to get the one more score cost them against Cleveland. Devin White's play, because we've seen it, man. And Man, I covered Devin when he was at LSU, and uh, I'll never forget, uh, we would have this little juncture where all the media would get to talk to the LSU players. Devin was a freshman that year. And uh, he knew um, I had a, a connection or two to the head coach, so you know he was like, uh, "Hey, uh, Mr. Mike, man, you got to tell, you got to tell Coach O, man, uh, I want to play running back, man, like I did in high school." And I was like, "Man, what? They got Fournette, they got guys here, man. You ain't playing no running back, man. You got to right. play linebacker to get out on the field." And man, he made that adjustment, and he ended up being one of the all-time greats uh, playing defense at LSU. But yet his play this year has been sort of stock market. Uh, I guess is the best term to right. use. A little bit up, a little bit down. And he also went through certainly a, a, a personal situation uh, in losing a family member. And so 
your thoughts on Devin White. Uh, with Fournette, that didn't surprise me what's happened this year. Uh, it really doesn't. Uh, the Rashad White, now you guys leaning on him. So you can comment on, on the situation at running back with Leonard, and now it's Rashad. Uh, but also on Devin, because, man, uh, man, when he's on, he's as good as they got in this league, the way he can run the field, and he's a playmaker at the highest level. Well, you're right, and he has been up and down at times, and one of those key factors is when he doesn't have the big behemoth defensive lineman in front of him, it makes a difference. And Akeem Hicks was the guy brought in. They had Indomitian Sue the last three years with Devin White. And so Sue and Vita Vea next to each other are taking up three and sometimes four blockers. So that frees up Devin White to go hit and make plays. What we saw this year with, with Sue gone and with Akeem Hicks brought in the big Chicago defensive tackle, is that when Hicks got hurt in the Saints game, in game two, now you got blockers, you got big bodies all over Devin White, and he was having trouble getting around them, getting off blocks and getting around them. Now that Hicks is back the last three games, Devin White looks like the hitting machine that we've seen. And let's hope it continues uh, because they need him. They need him to stop uh, opposing run games. They need him to, you know, to stop five yards beyond the line of scrimmage if there's receivers there or tight ends there. If there's a knock on Devin, it's pass coverage down the field. He's the guy that didn't come up with making the play against David Njoku, the big yep. tight end of Cleveland who caught the tying touchdown. So if there's one criticism, it's Devin White in pass coverage. But, again, that's a very fast, talented linebacker. Love him. As for Fournette, interesting. He's had the hip pointer, so he couldn't play in the game last week off the bye against Cleveland, but he returned to practice today. Okay. And I will tell you, you guys already know this, He's a New Orleans guy. He is salty about playing the Saints. He sure is. They don't like him. He doesn't like them. <laughs> and if I'm a betting man, number seven's going to try to play and, and, and share time with the rookie Rashad White on Monday night for Saints Buccaneers. And you know what? Rashad's a, a pretty doggone good player. Now, he's not as talented as Leonard. He, he doesn't have that type talent skill. But, man, he's a tough guy. Uh, you know, he keeps those legs churning, and he's, he's got good eye vision. I'll tell you what he does, Mike. i tell you what he does. He has great poise in waiting for a half second to see where's an opening and how do I slash through that opening. Now, he doesn't have breakaway speed, but he looks like a veteran on being able to wait and and put a foot in the ground after a half second and cut back and put put a half move on somebody and accelerate the other way. He's just really fluid and smooth at doing that. Where he's got to get better is pass blocking. That's part of it. And welcome to it yep. with a young player. But he is showing a lot of promise. Now, again, he had a breakout game in, in Germany. We were over there in Germany, and he got 100 yards. Last week he had 35 yards early on on one carry, and the rest of the game he had 13 carries for about 27 or 28 yards. Not nearly good enough. So that goes back to the offensive line and the scheme. But I think Fournette will be back, and I think Fournette will be alternating with him and playing – uh, at least part of the role of carrying it some, catching it some. Fournette is a favorite target of Brady out of the backfield. So let's see if they get back to that Monday night if, if Fournette's healthy, and I think he's going to try it. T.J. Reeves, Buccaneers Radio Network, sideline reporter. T.J., do you feel like, bring out your crystal ball, is Tom Brady playing for the Bucks, retired, or another team next year? Well, so I got this wrong three years ago. I have, a, I have a twin that constantly reminds me that I said over and over again, Tom Brady's playing for no one but the New England Patriots or he's retiring. Whoops. I'll still take the Super Bowl ring, boys. I'll still take the ring for him having proved me wrong and played for the Buccaneers. So I'm not copping out on you, but can I say a big fat I don't know? I don't know if he wants to play in 2023. 
And if he does, the Buccaneers would want him to play here, but he can be a free agent now. He Under the new deal that they did with him, he can leave. That was not the case a year ago. I, if I were a betting man, he's playing next year. I would I'll agree with you. Behind him, I think he's going to try to play. I agree. Whether that's here Again, I, I guess I'm kind of disqualified to Tillier. I'm disqualified yeah. from the argument. My, but, my but listen, I'm with you on this, so we both would be wrong. I think he plays next year. <laughs> I think he does. I think he does. Now, whether he plays in Tampa Bay, I don't know. I do not believe for one second that he's going back to New England. The, the Boston media has never gotten over him wanting to play somewhere either. besides New England. So they're hyping up that he could come back to Belichick and could come back to play there. That's not happening. I feel firm on that one, that he is not going to be back in New England. And you know what? Maybe he's done. Maybe he realizes at the end of this, with all that it takes in an offseason and a training camp to come back around 10, 12 months from now and be ready to play next September, that he doesn't want to do that anymore and wants to get on with the rest of his life. But I, I, I would not bet heavily on that. I think he's going to try to play. TJ San Francisco. <laughs> That's an interesting team. That's an interesting team. He would have choices for sure. T.J. Reeves, Buccaneers Radio Network sideline reporter. Thanks, man. Thank you, T.J. Hey, great to be with you guys. We'll see what happens Monday. All right, buddy. All right. Thank you. Coming back for Greg the Fireman next here on Sports Talk on WWL. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.